It's a confluence of dynamic personalities today on The Chick in Charge. Mary Parker hosts tech expert, serial entrepreneur, and radio host Dana Barrett to the show. This Philly native has called Atlanta home long enough to be considered a native, with businesses ranging from tech consulting to a coffee house to a media company. A little stand-up comedy, a little community theater, and a bit of film work fills out her resume, but it's her long-running radio show that has earned her a loyal following and winning a Georgia Association of Broadcasters Award along the way. The cast lights up today with two broadcast chicks in charge sharing success in a male-dominated field and even a potential foray into the world of politics. The Chick in Charge starts now. Welcome to The Chick in Charge, all-in-one security CEO Mary Parker celebrates the success of women in the world of business and in life. Mary's own humble beginnings in rural Mississippi led her to become one of the only African-American females running a multi-million dollar security firm. She is definitely the chick in charge. Here now is Mary Parker. Hey everybody, this is Sarah Smith. I am the co-host of the Chick in Charge podcast with CEO Mary Parker. Again, Mary is the CEO of All-in-One Security. Mary is also an author, the Chick in Charge autobiography. Please buy the book. You need to read it. She is also the founder the of the Mary by the book. By the book. The Mary Parker Foundation, which has a plethora of good works. Please, please go to the website uh, with the Mary Parker Foundation and see what she's up to. It's always moving forward. Good morning, Mary. How are you? Good morning, Sarah. And uh, you go with me on the next podcast for the introduction as well. Thank you so much for that lovely introduction. My pleasure. And thank you for uh, being the co-host as well of the Chicken Charge podcast. And I'm very excited to have this time with Dana Barrett. Uh, Dana and I have met on some scenes before, and it was really great, Dana, for us to be able to connect those scenes where we were. And uh, so we're going to just kind of let you chime in here and tell us about Dana Barrett. And you've got a tremendous history and lots of experience. Well, letting me chime in is always dangerous because <laughs> uh, I can talk, uh, as you probably know. So, I, I mean, listen, I have a really um, long and varied background. I don't know how much you want. I mean, you want me to start at like three years old because I could. I mean, I could oh be I could be that annoying. Wow. <laughs> well, you know, Never. for the sake of time, for the sake of time, there you go. we want you to give us some of your chick tip stories. We want you to talk about your experience. We want you to talk a little bit about your career here in Atlanta. Ooh. Well, I have been actually, I, I'm basically a native Atlantan at this point. I grew up in Philadelphia, but I've actually been here for over 30 years now. So it just feels like this is home and it sort of always has been. Um, but so really my, almost my entire career was here and, um, I started in the technology sector, um, straight out of college, came here, started in the technology sector and worked. What was happening in that technology sector when you started? So this is like Mary's work in security is very male dominated. Yes. Well, I mean, I feel like technology always was that way, but somehow I didn't really notice it at first. Uh, I think it's because the first tech company I worked for was uh, a, a company that put, 
uh, property management systems in hotels, and it was a woman-owned company. Gotcha. And so we had some women in management there. I was only there for a year, but I think that sort of warped my brain thinking, oh, there's plenty of women around. Um, And it just so happened, actually, even the second company I went to, there were women in the middle management positions, not so much the higher up, but enough that, again, I didn't quite see that women weren't there. Right. Um, so I sort of thought I could do anything. Um, That's a I good thing that. to think, yes. to feel. Yeah, I think yeah. I've I've always felt that way. And I think there's a danger with that. Like, I think it's a good thing and a bad thing at the same time. Um, when I talk to girls today, I feel like there is a sense of like, well, there's nothing in the way. There's no problem. There's no barrier. And while to some extent, I love that they're empowered in that way and that I was in my own career, there's also this sense of, but hold on a second, you got to take a couple steps back and big picture this because the statistics do not support that. We are not in the upper rungs. And um, just because somebody like you, Mary, breaks through the glass ceiling and is doing such amazing work doesn't mean the floodgates are open for everybody else. And what we have to keep reminding them as we speak with them, and I'm speaking of younger women now, we have to remind them that during our time in our career, building our career and focusing, we spent a lot of time preparing. We spent a lot of time researching and knowing the industry and the people that we were looking for. We didn't necessarily have the uh, access to mentors back right. then as what they have now, but uh, but you're absolutely correct. There are times when we want to think that we've overcome and we have made tremendous strides, but it's still so much work. I think we have to operate as if we can do anything Um, but we also have to recognize the field in which we're operating. Um, and and so, you know, it's, it's a pretty fraught thing, I think, in a lot of different industries. You know, I did the technology sector for a long time, and then I sort of, um, for for a lot of reasons, became entrepreneurial and had my, uh, several of my own businesses along the way, um, partly because I'm not very good at bureaucracy, you know, (laughs) so I just created my own. That was easier. (laughs) Um, that's that's a chicken charge move. There you go. Like, I don't like the way this feels. I'm just going to do it myself. Right. Um, but ultimately, I ended up in media. And in a way, media is worse for women than technology is. Uh, there's a lot of efforts to make technology woman-friendly. And those efforts don't really exist in the media world. I mean, they're, they're trying a little bit and they're starting to, but it's it's not really happening in the media world yet. So... Um, I think, you know, I think we have a long way to go. So how do you encourage a young lady interested in pursuing a career in media? You know, everything I have done has been like the opposite of by the book. I've I've been so like, I see a side door open and I just like stick my foot in and then you sound run like my it. twin. <laughs> I mean, that's just the way I've always had to do it. So I think this idea that you're going to come out of college Um, and get your first job and then just work hard and that will be recognized and then you will be promoted is a total fallacy. So I say you if you want something, it's all about who you know. It's all about confidence. So you know, yes, do your job and do it well. But also while you're doing it, make sure you're meeting people, make sure you're getting clarity on what you even want. And it's okay if that changes 10 times it has for me. Um, And then start asking people how to get it. Great advice. Where would you uh, advise these young people to go in terms of developing that confidence and that strength and that going for it kind of mentality? Mary, I think you said the word mentorship, and I think to some extent that is where that has to come from because you're not going to find that in an institution. There is no training for confidence, right? I mean, there are, but 
you know, sorry, I got to do the raspberry in the microphone. <laughs> you know, it, it, you look for people that you like. You are a super confident woman. Like I, I want to, I want to work with you every day because I let's do it. I feel the energy, right? And so you look for people like that and see if you can get a meeting. Talk to them. Get tips. You know, right. ask. Um, That's because such good advice. That sounds great. so simple, right. but to get those, you know, I I love to pick your brain. Yeah, kind of meetings takes. You know, have a moment of bravery and do it and ask. But I have to say too, and I'm sure you've had, I'm sure you've all both had this experience where a young woman will ask for your help. And I know myself, I've given it even sometimes when I don't really have time. And then they sort of expect you to do for them. And that's not it either. Right. I've been that person. And I. it's very hard to say no when you know that you have a talent and a gift that you can provide others to help them up. I ended up with 20 mentees Wow! where I devoted two hours per month. That was 40 hours per month. And Sarah, you know, yeah. that's how, that, that was the birthing of Facts University. It is a comprehensive entrepreneurial training program that I created. Love that. And yeah. it was just so much time I was giving. I began to pray, Lord, how can I get my time back yet give these people more? And that's what he said, start a university, start a program, bring them all to you, give them four hours a month, and you get back 36 hours. Because mentoring is extremely time consuming. But here's the other thing that I like to share with young people. It's not one-sided. That's right. And a mentorship does not mean that I'm going to hold your hand and carry you from point A to point B. We are your advisors, and we can ultimately become your your sponsors as well, but it's reciprocal. It's two way. Yeah, and I, I a lot of young people ha- ask all the time. Well, I don't have anything to offer. I don't have anything to give. How can I possibly be two way? And I, I mean, I have a daughter who is um, just into her career. You know, a millennial and uh, finished her master's program, so she's maybe two years into work after her master's now. And you know, she had some of these questions, and it, it's sort of like, well, you always have something to give, right? Because you have your attention, your time. Um, your thoughtfulness. If someone calls me and they say, you know, I love what you had to say on your show last week, then I acknowledge, first of all, you spent some time researching me. You know what I do. You know what I'm about. Um, Hey, can I volunteer with you? You've got the time. I don't. So that's a great offer, right? And and so there's a lot of ways you can still be reciprocal rather than just showing up and saying, give me some answers. Uh, Yes, yes. And and it's, it's really more fun that way. Who are some of the people that helped you along the way? Okay, I am like... She's smiling. Because I'm giving this great (laughs) advice about mentorship, and then I personally am stubborn as hell. Like, I'm super independent. I was raised with this, like... Okay, so I have an older brother who was perfect. You know those those guys, the ones, the perfect ones? Are you the, the second straight- child? I am. Uh-oh. We yeah. are twins. Okay. And he's like the straight A's, the perfect kid. You know, he's very successful now, all of that. And everything he asked for as we were growing up was like educational. Like, I want to go to college program in the summer, mom and dad, you know, whatever. And I was like, <laughs> I want high heels. And, and, right? And they were like, you know, he was watching C-SPAN when cable first started and I was watching HBO and MTV. You know what I mean? Like, this is who we were. So I pretty early on learned that what I was asking for was not going to be received the same way as what he was asking for. So I became very independent, very young. I was like, okay, I want something fine, I'm going to go to the mall, I'm going to get a job, I'm going to earn some money, I'm going to buy my own high heels. And so to some extent, that is 
who I've always been. So I've had a lot of people along the way who I've admired, and I've certainly asked people here and there for uh, a connection or a piece of advice or whatever, but a lot of what I've done has not been with a mentor or even a handful. I had one great mentor in the radio business who is a, a, a man, a program director at a radio station in Baltimore who has just been a phenomenal help to me um, and a great friend. Do you want to shout out? Scott Mastelar, that's there his name. Go. He's okay. he's amazing and um and really forward thinking for that industry and just again just a super supportive uh, and really just offering his time to be helpful to someone coming up in the business, which is is rare. Um and and there have been a few along the way. You know Rob Stadler also, who is a guy who's been in the news, uh you know on the radio in Atlanta forever. I met him. Wait for this, at a Winn Dixie parking lot in like when they were doing a remote for, I don't know, Star 94 or whatever it was, a bajillion years ago before I was I was just like barely trying to get into radio. And when there were Winn-Dixies. Thank you. Yeah. And I walked up to him and I, <laughs> I there was nobody else around. He had this van and he was doing a remote, but there wasn't anybody there. So I walked up and I started talking to him and I said, you know, I'm really trying to get on the air. I was working at the time full-time in technology, but on the side answering phones at a radio station because I had this desire to get into that field. And I said, you know, I'm, I'm answering phones. I'm, I got my foot in the door, but, you know, how do I get on the air? And he, he, I said, everybody's telling me that I'll never get on the air in Atlanta. And I don't, I can't move. I can't leave. At this point, I'm a mom. I'm a single mom. I can't take my daughter out of school or away from her dad. So um, he said, don't listen to anybody else. If you want to do it, just persevere and you can do it. And I never forgot that. And I mean, this was like a two-second meeting in a park, you know, in a parking lot at Winn-Dixie. Yeah. And 20 years later, he and I are friends now. Right. You know, we've had lunches and uh, I never forgot it. You Gave know, and you now we're you equals, needed. you know. That is what that's a wonderful story by the way. It is extremely important as we're going through life and also because what you found in him is what I also found in a security male early in my career. We, were, we didn't have, there weren't people that we could go to who looked like us, sounded like us, that we could ask for advice or be mentored by. Right. So making, establishing that male um, alliance early in our careers is, I find, was invaluable for me. George Logan is still my very good friend after over 35 years. Yeah, and I think there's like, you know, you talked about, you know, asking God and, you know, I get a little, I get a little like... Um, new age woo-woo sometimes. And I feel like, you know, for me, it's, um, you know, it, it's about putting it out there. If you if you have a dream and you never tell it to anyone, it it's not going to become reality. You have to, I walked up to this man in a parking lot yeah, and, who yeah, had no idea who yeah. I was and asked a question and said, this is what I'm trying to do. And I put it out there. And, you know, he, he wasn't instrumental in terms of physically helping me get into the business but he was he got you know he in said something to me that that, yeah. that was very encouraging right. and again like I've learned over time as the older I get the more I don't worry about other people thinking it's ridiculous I mean every move that I make someone easily could say that's ridiculous and I just say well you know what maybe to you but, but this is what I want to do right and I'm I'm not worried about it if I end up with egg on my face so what yeah
Hey, I'm Sarah Smith. I'm the co-host of the Chicken Charge podcast. And this podcast is really focused on professional women, entrepreneurship, and getting the job done. And that's why I'm happy to talk about M.M. LaFleur and their beautiful clothes, their beautiful professional business clothes that are going to make you look as amazing as the work you do. Again, you know, M.M. LaFleur designs are thoughtful. They're designed to make your life easier. As a professional working woman, I know you're busy. And these clothes will help you get dressed quickly and look amazing. Please go to mmlafleur.com slash dollars off your first purchase. Again, that's mmlafleur.com slash chicken charge and redeem $25 off your first purchase of a great piece of clothing. They have thoughtful designs, really beautiful machine washable fabrics, adjustable hems, nice pockets and suits that are designed to be packable if you have to travel, if you have to jump in the car and have a long drive, visit a client, you're going to look great when you show up. Founded by Sarah LaFleur, a former management consultant, and Miyako Nakamura, I think I said that right, the former head designer from Zach Posen. M.M. LaFleur is proud to have a female leadership team, and they celebrate working women. Again, comfort and design and versatility are the keystone in these garments. Check them out. The company's got expert stylists that you can work with online and they'll help you create a wardrobe and you can change it up with your own jewelry with your scent with your look your hair but i'm telling you right now you're going to look modern and classic with mm lafleur again go to mmlafleur.com/chickencharge for $25 off of your first purchase and you will look sharp. share something my mom every time I tell her I want to do something she says why not you right good for her yeah why not you and that always always helps me so and so for our listening audience I hope what you're getting out of this conversation there are things that no one can do but you you have been assigned that is your destiny and uh, just as you said if not me then whom if not now then when yeah so let's get started on this and continue to propel your careers or your businesses to the next level. If you could say to your younger self today, what would be that one thing that you would say to you? To my younger self, I think I would just say, don't be so afraid. You got nothing to be afraid of. You were afraid? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think we all are. You act in spite of fear, right? Yep. I mean, that's yeah. that's bravery. Courage is acting in spite of fear. It's not the absence of fear. And I think I was, yeah, I was really, I was worried about what people would think or whether or not I would succeed. And 
Broadcasting live from the WGST studios in Atlanta, it's the Dana Barrett Show. And it starts right now. Oh, it's a doozy today. President Trump accusing Jews, if they vote Democrat, of being ignorant or disloyal. Yeah, I think that was it's so funny because I know you asked me some of these things in advance and I already forgot what I said, so I'm probably going to answer completely it's okay. differently. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to contractually bind you to anything that okay. you said, so no, don't worry. Goodness. But there is something that's lurking yeah. um, around within our circle, and that is a possible political position that you're aspiring. That is, can we talk about that? that is correct. Yeah, we can talk about it. I'm, um, you know, my radio show came to an end on uh, August 30th. And part of the reason is because you cannot run for office and be on the air. You can do podcasting, but you can't be on the air um, because of FCC regulations. And so I walked away from my radio show because I am, the official term is exploring a run for uh, US House of Representatives. And uh, a decision will be made within the next, uh, a final decision will be made in the next two weeks. But right now I'm doing all of the preliminary work to Make sure I can make that happen. That's oh my so gosh! Exciting. Congratulations, we so are exciting. excited. Women for Georgia. Yeah, Hi. and I think this is another exactly. This is another moment where it was sort of like I could absolutely end up with egg on my face, but you know, it's what you want to do. Nothing ventured, nothing gained. Yeah, this is the season. Why do you want to do this? You know, it's so interesting because okay, I'm a person who spoke on the radio for two hours a day every day, so I don't really know how to be like brief in my <laughs> everything is long-winded um, and I and I'm actually working on my messaging right now so whatever I say on this podcast it will be honed just so Got you know it. uh, it'll it's it'll okay. come out better than this if and when I get to that point in a few weeks but but ultimately I think the problem is it's a nuanced answer because um, part of it is just my growth that we've been talking about as a human being realizing that I can do um, whatever I want to do. And also, you know, I think when I was younger, I thought your goals were supposed to be around a specific career or a particular amount of money. Um, and ultimately, I sort of realized it's about impact. And I really, um, and this is a realization I probably came to within the last four to five years, like, I just want to have the biggest impact I can have. Um, I want to use my skills and talents where they can best be used. Um, when it was radio, it was I want to be where I can be heard by the most people, right? It's it's about it's not about uh, you know getting an award per se. It's about getting the you know, impact, getting people to hear you, right? Mm -hmm. And um, so that I think that is part of it, right? Is just recognizing that I want to have an impact and where is the best place to do that. Um, then you know, for me, when Trump happened, um, I was really mad at myself because I felt like I had a platform. I was doing a business show at the time. I wasn't talking politics really at all. And um, and I didn't speak my truth. I didn't talk about my background. I didn't talk about the things that I had been through as a single mom, um, as someone who has had an abortion in her past, and, and all of those things. And I didn't speak about them because I didn't want to be judged. And I didn't want clients not to come to my business. Um, and all of that. And then, and, and of course, my show is small. So it wasn't like I thought, well, if I had spoken up, the world would be different. But I thought if I had spoken up, and all the other people like me had spoken up, we could have made a difference. Right. I can't control what all the other people are doing, except maybe by example. So I'm going to start speaking up. And I did that. And I got fired from that radio station, because I was speaking you know, politically on the left, and I was at a station that was on the right, and they didn't like that, and I was gone within a few months. 
So I took the risk and, you know. And now you've got your hat in the bucket and you're going to run for office. Right. Well, then I moved to, a, I went to, I found a better radio, a bigger, better radio station. I ended up being able to talk politics five days a week, wow. every day at iHeart, which yep. I did for the last year and a half uh, until this decision. And so, um, you know, you take, I'm, I'm giving up this radio show now for, you know, this potential opportunity, which may or may not turn out, but it will turn out if that makes sense. It will turn out. Right. And we will definitely, once the decision is made, we're going to bring you back on the show and you can talk a little bit more about your platform at that time. I will. And I think, you know, the the other fascinating thing about this is that the process of running for office is so, like, fraught and unknown and political within itself. It's really been an interesting learning experience. That's great. Mm -hmm. Tell, Tell us a little bit about, like, how do you start you know, it's interesting because we're we're also so we are we do we still have a podcast through the iHeart Podcast Network called Bizography, which is all business focused. So does Mary. <laughs> <laughs> what? Ma- Mary has a podcast. Mary does. Hello, <laughs> iHeart. That's well. awesome. Um, and they've been great. And so, um, you know, we're also pitching a podcast about running for office because it is so complicated. Um, but honestly, you start the same way you start everything else by talking to people and asking a lot of questions. Right. And then, you know, unfortunately, it is all about how much money you can raise. It's yep. not about your platform. It's not about your why. It's about how much money you can raise to beat the other guy. Um, and also, it's uh, honestly the first time you run, it's about not getting swindled because there's a lot of people out there who are um, looking to take money from first time candidates to help to help you air yes, quotes. Yes. So um, a lot. There's a lot to it, but Never I will, I will get back to you on some of this process, too. Never knew that. Okay, okay. That, that would be great. I actually had the experience, my working very, very closely with a candidate um, for DeKalb County. She ran for Super District 7, first-time candidate, and mm. she won. Awesome. And it was it, it was a great experience for us. Anything else, and we're as we're about to wrap up, that you would like to leave with our audience today? How can they reach you? Oh, I'm easy to find. I'm on all the social medias as the T H E Dana Barrett. So go find me there. Look me up on LinkedIn. Shoot me a note. I'm more than happy to connect, help if I can, um, whatever the case may be. Um, yeah, I think the 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 last thing I'll I'll say is just to go back to that idea of of persevering. And you know, if you believe in something, don't be afraid. And I had an author friend uh, many years ago who said to me, I owned a bookstore that was one of my businesses along the way. And I had this author friend who said the difference between published writers um, and non-published writers, putting talent aside, because there is a base of talent, right? But putting that aside is perseverance. So many people give up after they get that first rejection letter. Yeah. Uh, If you just keep going, you'll get there. Just keep going and you'll get there. That is our theme for today. Thank you so much, Dana, for being here. And your energy is just contagious. And I'm sure that our audience felt that today. Thank you so much for being here. Sarah, thank you. Port, thank you. And to our audience, thank you as well. Without you, we don't have a show. So thank you for listening to the Chicken Charge podcast. This is Mary Parker, and I am the Chick in Charge. Subscribe to The Chicken Charge at thechickincharge.com. Get a free download of Mary Parker's Tips for Success, tips that'll make short work of some of today's most challenging issues facing female business owners. Thanks for listening to The Chicken Charge.